AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Thanksgiving is just two days away, and the soy complex seems to be in the middle of a weather market. We'll get the latest outlook for Brazil and Argentina, and it is past time to catch up with our favorite news and policy junkie on the extension of the Farm Bill, the Emergency Relief Program, solar panels, and more. From two days to Turkey Day Tuesday via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This morning, we'll begin with a conversation with Kirk Hins from BAM WX. Then it's Pro Farmer's own policy OG, Jim Wiesmeyer, for a DC update. And directly following the news, Karen Bonert from Farm Journal's Milk, I, the handsome newsman Davis Michelson. Now, here's the host of AgriTalk. Chip Laurie. All right, Davis. Hey, I just want you to know that a listener, a regular listener, mm-hmm. uh, sent me a note and paid you a huge compliment. Is that right? Huge compliment. Yeah. He was uh, re-watching WKRP mm-hmm. in Cincinnati <laughs> with, right. the, with the turkey drop. <laughs> okay. And he says, you know, I know who Davis reminds me of now. <laughs> it is Les Nesman. <laughs> Well, I contend that Nesman is Newsman without the W. That's that is exactly right. I think that's right. how I came up with this character's name. So darn right. You know, Les and I are basically like second or third cousins. I think somehow. I'm not <laughs> well, sure you, how it works. It, it, you might be the same character. I'm I'd not. have to check the broadcast res, uh, registry. You know. <laughs> Someone's got this all sorted out. Oh, welcome to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. That is Davis the Newsman, Michaelson. Well, and thanks for the heads up, anonymous listener. I appreciate that. That's funny. That's good. We've got to go back and take another look at the uh, famed turkey drop. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. who knew they couldn't fly? You're saying they can't? <laughs> Maybe we should find out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness uh Wiesmeyer, where's he been we got him i don't know how you got him i don't know where he's been <laughs> i'm not exactly sure how we got him either but he's going to be back for the second half of the show today we've got a lot of ground a lot yes. of ground that we need to cover with jim um and including like i said solar panels he's mm-hmm. he's picking up some attitudes about solar panels uh as he as he makes his way around the country to different events and we'll find out the bottom line of of what he's getting there and we'll get to the bottom line of this weather forecast and uh for south america uh because it is obviously having an impact on the way that the soy complex and the rest of the grain markets are trading right now all right Let's get to the U.S. weather. What do you got? Yes, we'll start with domestic weather from the National Weather Service. Active weather is expected to impact pre-Thanksgiving travels for much of the United States east of the Mississippi River, but should exit the East Coast just in time for Thanksgiving. Severe weather threat will progress from west to east across the central Gulf states into the southeast. Heavy rain is expected to move through the interior mid-Atlantic tonight with some snow and freezing rain over interior New England into Wednesday. 
Snow is forecast to develop over the northern Rockies to the northern high plains. And that should begin on the Thanksgiving holiday, Chip. Yeah, it's a mess out to the east right now. It really and, is, yeah. Yeah, and down along the, the uh, Gulf Coast, of course, that's going to create some issues for what is expected to be a record Thanksgiving travel day coming mm. up tomorrow. Well, in October 2023, the United States saw a 4.1% month-over-month decline in sales of previously owned homes. This figure represents the lowest level since August 2010 and falls below the expected rate. The housing market continues to face challenges due to a persistent lack of inventory and the highest mortgage rates in a generation. The median price for existing homes uh, of all types in October chip, 391 grand, marking a 3.4% increase compared to October 2022. Yeah, the housing prices just don't seem to be giving much of the inflation push back, do they? Mm -hmm. Nope, not at all. Well, gasoline prices are expected to be the most affordable they've been for Thanksgiving since 2020. Here's some good news, mainly due to prolonged decline in gas prices over the past two months. As of Monday, the average price per gallon stood at 331, marking a 25 cent decrease from the previous month. However, Chip, the downward trend in gas prices may be short lived um, for a variety of reasons, Chip. Yeah. Let's move on to this, and then we'll talk about that. There is growing uncertainty surrounding the Biden administration's EPA issuing a rule this year on how it will manage renewable fuel credits for electricity generated from renewable sources used to power electric vehicles. A political report suggests the agency may not propose this rule before the 2024 elections. That's probably wise, Chip. Probably. (laughs) And how in the world are they going to track this? Electricity from a renewable source Uh used exclusively in an EV. Mm -hmm. How do you track that? Who gets the credit? In the world where we power all of our cars and we charge them using wind power and solar power. There I can see, but we're not there. We're not there. Russia has reduced its seaborne crude oil exports to the lowest level since August, ahead of a crucial meeting of OPEC-plus oil ministers. During this meeting, there will be a strong emphasis on assessing compliance with production cuts. And there you see the risk to uh, higher gas prices. Yes. U.S. natural gas futures currently trading around uh, 290, marking the lowest levels in the past two and a half months. Several factors contribute to this situation, including ample storage levels, record high production, and decreased demand. Uh, And finally here, Chip, Chinese imports of soybeans from Brazil up 71% from the prior October. Meanwhile, the U.S. share of Chinese imports of soybeans shrank from the same time last year. Chip? All right. Thank you very much, Davis. Let's bring in Karen Boner, editor of Farm Journal's Milk. Good morning, Karen. How you doing? I'm good, Chip. How are you? Doing real fine. Hey, big week next week. It's going to be you, me, uh, a bunch of dairy producers, industry experts in Vegas for the Milk Business Conference. Are you ready for it? Oh, yeah. Ready or not, here we come, right? Yeah. So Milk Business is just a good, I, I think it's kind of like a family reunion. Um, you get a lot of uh, reoccurring people who've been there before, but mm-hmm. we have some new faces coming. And another thing that's new, Chip, is our Milk Business Award winners. It's the first time yeah. we're offering this. Um, they'll receive the awards, of course, but they'll also be able to sit down with me and talk about how they're help, able to help drive their dairies from going from good to great, if you will. And so I'm sure they'll have a lot of takeaways that other dairies can take back to their farm and implement. And that's really what we want to do is is kind of have some type of stickiness, if you will, something that yeah. dairies can take away and, and take back to their operation. 
Yeah, this is one of my favorite meetings because of the amount of time that is provided and the amount of time that is used by the attendees to network and to learn from each other, Karen. It's absolutely fantastic. It is. I mean, I think obviously we want to have stuff up on stage that they're knowledge-based and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. the real um, takeaway is the networking opportunities. Uh, a lot of times farmers don't get off the farm as much as they would like. An mm -hmm. opportunity to kind of, uh, you know, understand that other producers from other areas of the of the United States are still dealing with the same challenges that they're dealing with, but also that they're able to like embrace opportunities as well. So you kind of feel less alone and more unified uh, to, to tackle, you know, the year ahead. Right. Right. And I'll admit, I am looking forward to the darty, <laughs> the darty, right? Well, fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll have a fun time around the pool and we'll be able to talk everything dairy with you, Chip. Exactly. Sounds good. Thank you, Karen. Appreciate it. See you soon. You bet. Darty. It's a dairy party. Get it, Davis? A darty? A darty. I'm going to go yeah. write that down in my dairy right now. <laughs> All right. Hurry back because we're going to have a conversation with the Kirkheads from BAMWX. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Your next piece of equipment is on machinerypeat.com. Search equipment from dealerships across the country to find what you're looking for. Only on MachineRepeat.com. All right, welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. Glad that you're with us on this Tuesday morning. We didn't talk about this with Davis, but it's kind of a kind of a cool, chilly, gloomy kind of morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forty-five, yeah. forecast. 41. Yeah. yeah. Very oatmeal-y outside, I would call it. Yeah, that is exactly what I had for breakfast. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, that explains it. Yes. Yes, it does. Yes, man, it does. we are in tune, my brother. Yeah, man, I'm telling you, it is not this way in areas of Brazil because there may be some scattered showers around, but it the, the temperatures seem to be staying very hot in some key areas, uh, key bean-growing areas of Brazil. Let's find out some of the details right now. Kirk Hans, meteorologist and president of business development at BAMWX.com. Good morning, Kirk, buddy. How are you? Good morning, guys. Good to be back. Uh, thankful to be on here for sure. We're doing excellent. Yeah, excellent. Good to hear it. Good to hear it. This bean market is chopping around. It tells me that the weather outlook is 
is getting um, a little unpredictable for areas of Brazil. What's the latest? Uh, and and if yeah. you would start, well, I'll just let you start wherever you want to. What's the latest? <laughs> yeah, you're you're not wrong for sure. And you know we're we're really getting into a key part of the growing season there as well. And the issue really has been the consistent hot and dry, specifically for central Brazil. You're hearing key words like Mato Grosso, Goiás, Mato Grosso do Sul. Those are the key soybean areas. Uh, where the major growing areas are in, in Brazil. And we've just been consistently significantly above normal in temperatures, as you just alluded to a, a minute ago. We're talking about the equivalent of already 95, 105 plus degrees in those areas consistently. And, and, and just like, you know, 30, 25% the normal rain or less consistently. So we're, we're talking about going on over a month and a half now of, of these kind of conditions. We are getting a little bit of scattered rain today through I would say about Friday or Saturday, but again, key word on scattered half an inch, inch and a half with the heat still continuing, uh, not as warm, but it will be even warmer. Just, just like exactly what we've been in over the past month and a half going yeah. forward into next week and beyond. So basically the story in a nutshell is, is rains well below normal temperatures, well above normal. And it's been a really consistent trend. You know, I would say all the way from October to where we are now. Holy smokes. And, and the thing about this is in in here in the US if we go through a dry period we can rely on soil yeah uh, you know on moisture yes. stored in the soil that that really doesn't happen much in no. central brazil does it correct yeah you you are spot on there is a major difference in the type of soil whereas you know we have that clay kind of soil that's able yeah. to retain you know basically retention of water for longer whereas this was previous rain for it so you know, a lot of similar areas to, to peat moss or, or just, just sandier soils, essentially. Yeah. So that's why normally, historically, they're, they're getting three to six, four to eight inches of rain per week into the heart of the yeah. growing season there. Some of those locations in the United States may get that in a month. So right. when you take away that, that beneficial rain source there and you don't have good retention of soils for moisture, uh, that's why, it's, that's why the, the crop is escalating so quickly is because there's no moisture in it. Right. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. In a lot of the places, uh, they can get an inch of rain overnight and be planting beans by noon. Easily. Uh, Absolutely. Plus the heat, like you mentioned, the heat, too. Right. Right. Um, Planting the bean crop has been happening for a while. They've gotten up to about 70 percent of that bean crop is planted. But the uh, there's another 30 percent to go. And and. Yeah. It's getting to be decision time as they look at yeah. that hot and dry forecast. Yeah. They're yeah. making a decision not only on one crop but on two crops because if they go forward Absolutely. with their with their bean planting, they're probably saying they're not going to plant a, a second crop of corn when yeah. that bean crop yeah. is harvested, right? Absolutely. It it is no doubt about it affecting the the potential for the safrina second crop corn crop there as well because the later we push it we have to rely on the season almost extending a little bit longer as we go into May, even into June for that second crop, Safrina crop. And the, the issue is, and, and you could look at widespread stronger El Ninos as we get in that time frame. a lot of times that, that monsoonal season ends quicker, quicker than yeah. normal, you know, whereas normally it's June by the time it shuts off. A lot of those years, like 2015, 1997, those stronger El Ninos, they, they shut off quicker. And so that right. could be a risk to watch. Uh, for right. that corn crop to a shortened season, just just because of where we are with the soybeans. Right. Okay. 
take us to the southern part of the country yeah. where it's yeah. been just yeah. the opposite. <laughs> it is about as opposite as humanly possible. In fact, some of those areas, you know, your Rio Grande mm-hmm. de Sols, your Piranha, Santa Catarina, Sao Paulo, some of those areas in the heart of that area have seen the direct opposite. 20, 25, 30 inches plus of rain in the past 30 to 40 days. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's incredible rain. That's amount that some locations in the U.S. get per year that they get in one month. So yeah. it has been excessive rain, some areas getting multiple inches every single day. So it has been about as direct opposite as possible uh, that you can get there in southern Brazil, for sure. And right. that's also contributing to, you know, widespread replant in those areas. Right, right. Some planting delays and replant in, in southern yep. Brazil. Argentina. Uh, sounds like they yes, have sir. finally started to get some of the rains that they need. Yep. Yeah, they, they have uh, good timely rains there. Now, that doesn't take away from the lack thereof in the subsurface. However, the good news for Argentina, it hasn't been hot. It's been consistently average or cooler than normal, and we've gotten timely rains half an inch to two-plus inches you know, per week. And the good news for them is historically, and all the data and everything else agrees going forward, is we will continue to see or maybe even an uptick in the consistent rain signals there going forward. So of all areas in South America, Argentina, I think is going to be the breadwinner, I would say, over the next couple months. Okay. All right. You've already mentioned this, but uh, we're talking about El Nino weather patterns down there, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and what's interesting too, Chip, is the warmest part of El Nino, which is in the eastern part of the basin, it's called Enzo 1.2, is still the hottest in Enzo 3, which is right butting up right across South America. So that's what we call an eastern base El Nino. In fact, with the temperatures of the waters there, you could almost classify it as a super El Nino. It's strong slash super down there as well. So we are feeling, like I mentioned, years like 2015, 1997, those higher end historical El Nino years for sure. And and it also, El Ninos typically tend to grow as we go into the U.S. winter season, the South American growing season, the summer season down there. So I anticipate those conditions to at least maintain or, or, or warm up even more going forward. Okay. Uh, I, I was going to ask for the outlook, what this you know, super <laughs> El Nino, yes. it, it suggests that the pattern's going to stick around for a while, doesn't it? Yes. hundred percent. That, that would be our forecast. That is our forecast. I anticipate what is going on right now, whether that's central Brazil, hotter, drier, Southern Brazil, cooler, extremely wet, I would say is a good way to classify it down there. And then good timely rains for Argentina. I, I think that's the pattern through at the very least the end of the year. Through the end of the year. Okay. All right. Very cool. Um, let's jump. Let, let's change topics here. Uh, and, and tell me about Clarity Weather. It's a big yes. week for you guys, yes. isn't it? it? It is a big week. You know, over the last year or so, we, we've been really building this new weather forecasting plat- platform that we just released this past week. Location-specific weather at the end of the day, though, Chip, and, and I know you guys appreciate this, is that direct ability to talk to a meteorologist. You know, you can have all the fancy tools in the world, the best data in the world. Um, you know, we, we pride ourselves in, in helping people directly, um, you know, especially uh, the, the farmer that has all these difficult decisions to make already. You know, weather-related decisions, that's where we want to help. So just kind of putting that access in, into people's hands across the entire United States, and, you know, it's, it's what we love to do. We love to help people. So we're super excited with, with this new platform. Uh, we do have a sale. Uh, I, I maybe won't get into the specifics of that because it is a little bit of a surprise, but it is going to start later on, on late Thanksgiving evening and kind of go through Cyber Monday. So, um, you know, I th- like I said, at the end of the day, we just want to help people. We would love to, to earn their business and, and give us a shot. And, 
and help make some of those decisions. Yeah, at least give it a look. Head over to bamwx.com and, che- and check it out there. And it is very cool. When you, when I was just getting to know the guys over at BAMWX, this was a few yeah. years ago, I was sitting in Wrigley yeah. Field, and we were in a rain delay, and I sent a text <laughs> over to Michael. I sent yeah. a yep. te- text to Michael and yeah. said, hey, buddy, are we going to play baseball today or not? And he fired back and said, sit tight. Looks like you're going to get that game in. And we watched the full yep. game that that day. Absolutely. And, and here we forecast for the Cubs now, too, Chip. So we'll, we're just going right. to thank you for that. Yeah, that, that. how did that happen? That's awesome. You know, a long time coming, Chip. I'm a major Cubs fan myself, and it, it's a lifelong dream of mine to forecast for the Cubs. And, and you know, we, we got the opportunity to, to get in front of them, and we made it happen. So we're super thankful for it. That is fantastic. Absolutely Love incredible. It. All right, Kirk, we're almost out of time here. I got it. Yeah. Give me, give me 10 seconds, though, because I got a, yep. a listener question. Which model is doing the best job of predicting South American weather right now? Yeah, the GFS model. The American GFS. data is winning. Gotcha. Gotcha. Good stuff, Kirk. Thanks, buddy. All right, guys. Appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Kirk Hens, meteorologist and president of business development, including with the Cubs at BAMWX.com. Weissmeyer is next. Time for Markets Now with the experts from ProFarmer. And joining me now, 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 Chip Flory. Chip, we got a little <laughs> bit of strength going in the corn market this morning. Yeah, a little bit of strength, but boy, the corn market's going to have a tough time holding on to that strength yeah. with what is happening in the soy complex. We had uh, January beans were running up against 1390 earlier this morning. And here we are all the way back into that 1366 range. So we opened slightly lower, ran up on a weather forecast that was taking some moisture and some of those scattered rains out for central Brazil. And now it looks like some of those rains might be moving back in because we've got soybeans trading just slightly lower. Soybean meal leading the way to the downside. Soybean oil is still trading higher because it, I, that feels like it's follow-through buying and, and the, sh- the the start of a, a short-covering, longer-term rally in bean oil because energies are lower today. Crude oil is lower. But uh, it is corn's still holding on to some slight gains, and even wheat is trading slightly higher here this morning. I don't know if the fat cattle are uh, buying the corn rally either. I don't think they hold out much right. hope. Yeah, I, very little trade happening in the live cattle. Uh, light trade in the feeder cattle market here as well. Looking over to the cash market, trying to get some direction there and and what the post-Thanksgiving features might look like at the retail level. But, boy, the sellers came rushing back into this hog market. Uh, yeah, yesterday's did. price performance didn't do anything to set up a a, a continuation of a short covering rally and the sellers are back in hogs that's our very own chip flory on markets now from powering irrigation engines to warming buildings propane has always been a part of american farm life now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time 
The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. Never miss a story. Text NEWS to 31313 to have today's top stories delivered to your phone. Welcome back to AgriTalk. Um, uh, again, big thanks to Kirk Hans from uh, com for filling us in on on what to expect from the South American weather. Uh, beans, even just in the short time since I talked about it with Davis, mm-hmm. beans have climbed back onto the top side of Unchanged. So the choppy stuff is going to continue in there. There's there's no doubt about that Chip, as we try to figure out what the weather is going to do. Yes. I need to do I need to do some personal housekeeping. Can we bring Jim Weissmeyer in? Have we got him? Can we bring yeah. him in? I just need to yeah, talk to him for a second. Okay. But i got to get something off my chest. Jim, are you there? I'm here. Good morning, sir. Um, Good morning. uh, I've made fun of you in the past. Uh, I've accused (laughs) you of shopping at a fictional grocery store. My daughter called me the other day. She's living in Virginia there in the D.C. area. And I said, what are you doing? She said, oh, I just got done at Harris Teeter getting some groceries. You doubted me? You doubted me. I did. I thought you were, you know, this is like, well, let's think of a funny grocery store name and Davis will buy it. (laughs) Well, it's another name for Kroger. It's you outsmarted me again, Weesmeyer. <laughs> <laughs> Are they giving away free live turkeys from a helicopter today? I don't. No sign know. of a KC. What about a Harris Teeter? <laughs> no, I got actually. I got mine this year at Walmart. Uh, the good old Cargill Honeysuckle White. Yeah, Ooh. hard to beat it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hard, hard to, to beat it. it. I'm with you. I'm with you. How you doing, Jim? Pretty good. I'm uh, back from a uh, recent trip uh, to Missouri at the Missouri Governor's Conference yeah. and U.S. Meat Export Federation, and I'm going next week to the rice growers, so that'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. And Montana grain growers, by the way. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, you were down in New Orleans for the U.S. Meat Export Federation meeting at the same time that I was there. We just didn't get together. Yeah, yeah, and they they all express concern, Chip. As I know you heard too about uh, uh, the the direction of ag trade policy here. Yeah, uh, both in Congress and uh, the White House, and frankly under any uh, uh, Trump administration 2.0, because the lack of market access, bilateral, multilateral trade agreements. So yeah. we have to get that going in the right way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a conversation uh, with. Alexis Taylor, the undersecretary for trade, uh, down in Kansas City last week. We we played it yesterday morning on the show, but it was after Secretary Vilsack announced the trade missions. 
for 2024. A couple of interesting countries are included in the missions for 2024. But, Jim, they're not saying that it's perfect, but they are claiming wins on the trade side from these missions. Yeah, this is what uh, uh, Vilsack and uh, uh, Alexis talked to the U.S. Meat Export Federation, and I know you heard. She she's an effective, articulate speaker. Oh my goodness! Uh, but, yes. but yeah, well, we're talking additionality, but nothing that you would significantly say. Boy, this is a big growth market ahead. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. So that is something that we need to to watch for it. And I talked about it being a different era. Because for you and for me, it was all about, you know, what, what years long negotiations with several countries in a in a trade group. I'm talking about, you know, when Yider was in the news every day, Jim, that's what yeah. we think about, or at least what I think about when I think about advancing global trade. It's it's not that way in today's world, is it? No, here's here's your uh, the the disconcerting analysis, Chip. But both, it looks to me like both political parties are turning isolationist again, yeah. insular, and that that's not good for U.S. Uh, agriculture. And uh, Trump has already said this first week if he's got Trump 2.0, that he'd slap a, at least a 10% import tariff on all imports, and right. uh, you know th- there'd be retaliation all over the place. We we're we're just. I hope this is an aberration era as as you say yeah yeah it's it is uh wow another 10 percent tax on the american consumer why not yeah well they won't know what hit them if that if that's the case and yeah. I, I did want to point out in missouri last week uh at the old tantara place uh uh it's the best reception i ever attend each year chip the meat the cattlemen come the pork people come the land people come the <laughs> poultry people come and i mean to tell you they put on the dog of a buffet <laughs> 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 it was really good but the one topic well they had two controversial topics throughout the conference and it was uh, we've discussed this foreign ownership of farmland right. but the second one i'm starting to really pick up on wherever i speak now chip mm-hmm. and that's uh, solar uh, uh, cells uh, uh, screens solar if you will panels. solar panels in agriculture I controversy. There's pluses and minuses to such a degree that the next agriculture letter, that's going to be my front page item, Chip. Really? I'm, I'm, I'm entitling it, Let the Sunshine In, question mark, because mm-hmm. uh, like in Missouri, they pointed out to me that, uh, look, this is going on a prime farmland. And two, to get around the, uh, so it qualifies for the much lower uh, tax assessment as an agriculture property, mm-hmm. they're grazing uh, this with uh, sheep. Mm-hmm. And that's the, uh, usually the only reason why they're putting sheep under those those yeah. panels. Yeah. But the attractiveness is uh, these firms, some of these firms are offering $1,000 or more an acre yeah. In multi-year contracts, uh, someone described it as the the CRP of climate, the CRP yeah. program of climate. 
and it it's uh, now uh, th this is a very sensitive issue because it has proponents and opponents so that mm -hmm. again the downside uh, some farmers are telling me in the construction of these uh, you know uh, you know solar panels mm -hmm. in some cases it leads to compaction of the soil yeah. so how can it ever get back to the uh, productivity was. that it had before if you ever got away from the solar interesting. screens interesting okay um let's go to the continuing resolution it, it, since we have talked jim we kicked the can down the road to january 19th and february 1st right february 2nd i think uh, feb 2nd you're right yeah yeah 20 percent of the departments uh financed uh, february i mean january 19th including usda and then the 80 percent are february the second the key word in continuing resolution chip that you mentioned is continuing they just continue to kick the can down yeah. the road because very little was settled uh, yeah. And the rebels in the Republican Party, <clears throat> along with uh, other conservatives in the Republican Party, are going to want a much lower uh, spending than the yeah. uh, Senate uh, Democrats and, frankly, Senate Republicans want. So mm -hmm. we're still looking at the possibility of a shutdown of the government early in 2024, Chip. Jim, I think it's high odds. Uh, the the more I look into it, the more disagreement you find. It and that tells me the odds are very high that there's going to be a shutdown, if not on the nineteenth of January, the second of February. Yeah, I gotta see. Uh, I don't see how the uh, the conservatives in the Republican Party give on this issue. So I I I would yeah. agree with you. I, yeah. I agree regretfully. Yeah. Okay, along with the CR came a one-year extension to September 24, the Farm Bill. Um, it, it seems to have put the Farm Bill back on the radar of a lot of lawmakers that are presenting a lot of leg proposed legislation now to add on to that Farm Bill, aren't they? Yeah, well, Congress is going to need something to do if they can't even get some budgeting done uh, next year. And I'll bring up Debbie Stabenow, the Senate Ag Committee chairwoman, who knows how to get a bill uh, into the end zone. And she said recently that she implored uh, commodity groups and farm groups to put on some pressure for them to get it done uh, now. And since then, you've seen some releases coming out from the different uh, you know farm groups. And she, she says she's focused like a laser beam on getting a bill done. And she usually gets what she wants. But Chip, frankly, they are still pretty far apart on the funding mechanism to improve Title I, which is the safety net, and also some policy is issues, uh, you yep. know, such as uh, uh, base acres and things like that. So they have a ways to go. But li like you said, they've extended the Farm Bill, and it wasn't going to be implemented until the 2025 crop anyway. Right. Here's your bottom line. They'll have until as late as probably late June before the July 4th recess to ink a new bill if they can. If not, they'll just right. further extend it. But yep. uh, there okay. still is now they've got time, Chip, to, to work behind the scenes. And 
Act Secretary Vilsack has even told them what we have discussed many times. Yeah. Look at the Commodity Credit Corporation Charter Act to find that additional funding for Title I. Yeah. Yeah. He he said very frankly at uh, NAFB last week that once they realize that they can get the funding from the CCC for Title I, they'll get the farm bill done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they can get a chunk of change there. Now they can always—I don't know whether it'll be—it'll be, it'll be uh, uh, an issue with um, the conservatives and the Republican Party if they try to increase the funding, the right. uh, borrowing authority, if you will, for the Commodity Credit Corporation Charter Act right. from the current thirty billion dollars a year. But again, it, that's always replenished okay. by the end of the year, whatever yeah. they use. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we're having a conversation with Jim Wiesmeyer. We're going to keep it going, talking ERP next. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. You're listening to AgriTalk, where the conversation begins. Join us at 855-4-TALK-AG. We are in the middle of a conversation with pro-farmer policy analyst Jim Wiesmeyer. We're going to get right back to it as soon as we hit this. Yields in the fields. Yields in the fields on AgriTalk is brought to you by Microessentials, the super granule that packs balanced nutrition into a single granule for uniform nutrient distribution and season-long sulfur availability. Supercharge your yields with the mighty micro from Mosaic. Chip, let's go to East Central Scanson. I've got Sheboygan County, Wisconsin here, uh, where a grower says this, quote, corn harvest is just getting started. Local basis is strong right now with the delay getting started but not likely to last as yields are very good. This from Sheboygan County, Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. And Wisconsin does have some good corn yields in areas. There were some tough conditions up there in the state this year that really Mm. felt, well, they fell short of their APH, and there's not many areas that that, that were short of APH in 2023 on their on their corn crop, that is for sure. All right, thank you, Davis. Let's get you back bet. to Pro Farmers Jim Wiesmeyer. Jim, uh, another thing that has happened since we last talked was the U.S. and China had a meeting in San Francisco face-to-facer for President Biden and Chinese President Xi. Uh, we were just going into that meeting you and I were just hoping that things didn't get worse than they are, and it looks like at least that was accomplished. 
Yes, the bottom, I hopefully, has been reached. And I, that's a positive on 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 their meeting, yeah. Chip. They had military now. They've agreed to military to military conversations. Uh, Biden agreed with G. They can pick up the phone and talk to each other on sensitive issues if they de develop. There was a, <clears throat> another commitment by the Chinese to deal with uh, these fentanyl ingredients. Yeah. Uh, but he's promised that before with uh, Trump. Yep. So we have, we need to see follow through. But and he also met with U.S. business leaders, and it was clear he wants U.S. investment to come back to his country because they need it, Chip. But I thought the most important thing was when his quote, when when he said the Earth is big enough to accommodate both yeah. countries. Yeah. When you go back to a prior meeting he had with both Obama and Trump. He told him that the Pacific Ocean was big enough to accommodate both countries. Yeah. That shows that he's expanded his view and China's role into the whole world, Chip. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I, that was that was one of the key takeaways for me as well. And I, you know, I don't want to uh, overplay this, but I think it is worth mentioning the fact that they went in and cleaned up San Francisco the way that they did. They can do it for for a, China, a, a, a party of Chinese diplomats, but they can't do it for the people of San Francisco. It just infuriates me, Jim. Yeah, well, they should do the same thing in Chicago and a couple of other exactly. cities, Exactly, in New yeah. York and everything. The, yeah, it shows you the can-do U.S. attitude is still there if given the right focus. Exactly. So do yeah. it. So do yeah, it. Do it, it. Just, it. It just makes me sick. Um, yeah. Anyway, okay. Um, the... 2022 emergency relief program erp dude this looks like a complete mess now there's like 140 different commodity groups and organizations that sent a letter <laughs> to secretary vilsack basically saying what are you doing with this yes and it also got the attention of two very powerful people up on the Hill, uh, Senator Hoven, appropriations in the uh, Senate, and his counterpart basically in the House, uh, De uh, Harris from, uh, uh, oh, I forget what state, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, Representative uh, Harris, okay. uh, maybe Pennsylvania. But I don't know what took them so long, because if you listened at all to farmers, they, they just thought, thought this was a, 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 a nightmare to, you know, to begin with. Yeah. And I thought uh, Holvin and others and farm groups are saying, you're not following the law on this USDA. So and I think that they're correct. I don't yeah. know why USDA is doing it the way they're doing it uh, on, on their Byzantine like program now. Right, right. It uh, well, you know, we saw we 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 saw some presentation or a presentation by Secretary Vilsack uh, down at National Association of Farm Broadcasting meeting last week, and there is plenty of big big is bad in in uh, and plenty of support for smaller and even micro farms, Jim. That yeah that. Uh, the secretary is looking to pursue and and this erp is is part of that it, it I, I don't think there's any question about it okay it is and i think that's the directive you're seeing and it yeah. just doesn't work in in production agriculture Jeff. exactly exactly yeah. okay uh another thing that has happened is the elections down in argentina 
what impact? Big. Well, it's he's the Trump of Argentina. Uh, he'll take office December the 10th. Now, he wants the dollarization of the Argentine peso. Now, the Wall Street Journal has a big article today on this saying that there could be constitutional uh, uh, concerns about that. The Supreme Court in Argentina may have a say about that. But uh, longer term, if he were to be successful, like uh, El Salvador has moved to the dollar, Panama years ago moved to the dollar, it could, in some of his populist views, Chip, it could affect Argentine ag policy in the export arena. So we have to watch, uh, 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 um, his last name is Malay, Javier Malay. We yeah. have to watch how he implements his policy relative to the Argentine ag sector, because there could be some market sensitive moves in the months ahead Definitely. from from the new leader there. Definitely. Yeah. And uh, the impact that it might have on any adjustments to the export taxes in Argentina. Absolutely. That, that we're going to have to pay close attention to. Jim, it was great to get caught up with you, buddy. Sure. Thank you so much. Happy Thanksgiving. Anytime. Happy Thanksgiving. All right. That is Pearl Farmer Policy Analyst Jim Wiesmeyer. Uh, we're going to have some of the conversations that I had down at the National Association of Farm Broadcasting Convention on Friday instead of the uh, free-for-all. So we wanted to get Jim on here and, and uh, get a download of what he's thinking on some of these issues. Okay. Thank you for listening this morning. Come back this afternoon. Going to have a conversation with Rick Brock from the Brock Report. And tomorrow morning, we've got a farmer forum. And uh, Paul Hughes, chief ag economist at S&P Global Commodity Insights, right here on Agritalk.